Hey there, and welcome to D2L's brand new series where we share customer stories from a variety of institutions that have made the switch to D2L. Changing learning management systems is not something institutions do often, so we want to offer lessons, thoughts, and things to consider as you consider an LMS change. Today, we'll be looking at how North Central University grew with D2L and why they handpicked D2L as a strategic partner to help them scale and create the future of learning. I'm Holly Whitaker. I'm a learning strategy consultant with D2L. I help clients like North Central University plan and execute effective change management strategies to help everyone make a smooth transition to Brightspace LMS. My guest today is Colin Marlaire. Colin is the Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs and the Chief Technology and Learning Officer at North Central University. In his role, he's responsible for ongoing continuous improvement of who NCU is as a university and creating the future of what he refers to as the LMS being a living, breathing thing and helping that LMS grow and develop as he and his teams support the education models that they're envisioning for the future. If you're joining us in the live webinar format, feel free to join along with us in the chat. We'll address all your questions toward the end of our time together. And if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching this webinar on demand, you can ask a question or find out more information about everything we're talking about today at a link located in the show notes. Now, Colin, uh, it's, it's time for us to get down and dirty with what it really is like to transition an LMS over into Brightspace. Now, you guys have been with D2L since 2016. So if you remember back to that selection process, what were those conversations that were part of your decision process to choose D2L, to choose Brightspace? And second question that we might want to tag on there, how have you seen the seeds of those conversations bear fruit in the ways that you're able to reach and teach with Brightspace today, especially considering the scale of NCU's reach? Thanks so much, Holly. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for your uh, time and attention today. Um, I, I think a, a good place to start is, is just understanding back then where, where North Central University kind of was. 2016, um, much like I think some of the early institutions in online, um, we had sort of built out um, what we thought originally was sort of the way to go, which is a proprietary uh, self-built set of systems and solutions. Um, um, but um, as we've seen the industry and education technology grow and become more sophisticated and more advanced, um, one of the things we came to realize is that we didn't want to be in the software industry um, and that we should make that somebody else's problem. Uh, hence uh, the discussions with D2L. Um, and so when we made the decision, and it, it was a, a, a large decision because when you shift in that world from we build exactly what it is that we want for exactly us to we're going to go with uh, an industry leader it's a it's a profound shift in in the culture of an organization and so my role was really to help bridge that 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 into that new future for north central university in terms of why we selected desire to learn specifically um, what we really looked at are a couple different criteria. One is obviously user experience, faculty and student experience. We saw D2L as a, and continues to be a, a, a major leader in that in terms of experience. 
Um, customer reputation was big for us. Um, so understanding sort of D2L's commitment um, to its partners in the education industry, I think that's that was important. And I think a third area that I would emphasize from early on is um, really impressed with sort of D2L providing a A to Z full ecosystem with a lot of configurability in roles and permissions and tool sets and stuff. A lot of variety there, but all within the house of desire to learn, which really allowed us to sort of start in a place, but not end up necessarily in that exact same place years later. So it had a the capability to grow with us as we grow in our sophistication and use both generally in our approaches and specifically via the platform. I totally, when you said um, um, you didn't want to be in the software business, uh, in, in my previous position, I came over from the client side and we were in the same position of, we decided we did not want to be in the software business anymore. And so we, we kind of had to have this conversation about, we're acknowledging that we're giving up all of this freedom of making the thing specifically for us. But, but we went with Brightspace as well, primarily because of what you said at the end there, the almost infinite configurability and the ability to grow along with Brightspace and to grow um, the, the use cases that we're addressing and the ways that we're able to do learning on into the future. Uh, and one of the cool things that we've been able to do recently uh, working with your teams there at North Central, was uh, working on a project really recently with a group of your deans and, and other decision makers there to help cast um, sort of a broad vision for what learning can look like in, in say 2025. We kind of use that as a point of departure. So how do opportunities like that, like that opportunity to get consulting, working with your customer success manager, uh, our other various product teams and advisory boards, how do those opportunities give you uh, and North Central, all of your teams there, the confidence in D2L as a true partner that you can continue to expand and grow into the future? That's a, it's a great question. And I think that now that we're sort of playing it forward from 2016, it's one of the things that I really enjoyed as, as, um, my experience and relationship in my organization's um, relationship with D2L is built out. Um, and what I can say there is, you know, your learning management system, probably more than any other part of the institution in terms of platform and technology, the only other larger one is kind of a student information system. But certainly your learning management system from a student experience and mostly from a faculty experience is the, is the experience of the university if you're online, such as we are. Um, and what that means is um, there, you are not going to invest in deep sort of getting to know and engaging with for every technology that you're, you just can't. But your learning management system, you have to. Um, and you have to have that strength of partnership and a depth and breadth of it. I think the things that we've found is it is profoundly helpful to have a partner that understands the nuance of us and can help us point to different approaches that are best suited to us, not just a vanilla, you are institution A, B, or C, but you are North Central University. This is what you're trying to achieve. And here are what we think are the paths to best leverage us to achieve those. That's a really important discussion. And I think the other thing, um, sorry, two other things. One is um, no, 
um, built out solution for all use cases is never going to fully suit um, an individual use case. And so having a partner that can help us fit ourselves where possible with custom or other solutions, that's really important as well. And then the third and probably most important, Holly, I've really enjoyed that, that engagement with you and, and, and our schools. Um, once you've acknowledged that your fates are inexorably tied together, um, then it is a really good, um, uh, it's in the best interest of the institution to understand where the platform's going, where you as a vendor, where your product roadmap is. I hate to use sports metaphors, but the Gretzky analogy was, you know, you go, you skate to where the puck is going. Um, and I yet to find a more intellectually rigorous version of that that I can use. Um, but it is a perfect metaphor. It's, it's sort of, you need to understand what your five-year roadmap is so that you can see where those connections between what we're gonna to wanna to do and what you're doing um, dovetail. Um, that's just where we wanna be. I love that idea of skate to where the puck will be. Our Canadian friends will love that. Um, but I, I think that's a very well-made point about you first have to understand what your own five-year vision is. And then you have to look at where that sisters up with your, your most important core vendors. And that LMS is certainly one. Um, in several conversations that you and I have had as a part of that consulting engagement and in other settings, we've talked about data really being a key element and why Brightspace is so important for everyone at NCU, not just instructors, not just people on, on teams that you often work with, but everyone at North Central. Can you help us understand a little bit about what you're data strategy is, what those priorities are, and how you're using Brightspace data there at NCU? Well, and I know that this is a D2L facilitated conversation, and I do not mean this as a plug, um, but I have been um, really appreciative of how aggressive desire to learn has been in these years in its own data strategy. Um, in the sense of that is where the direction that, that we as an institution, we need more data, we need to do more things with data, we need more granularity, we need to be able to create actions, we do all sorts of things with the data of our learning management system and, you know, you've worked with us um, in years to continue to explain what kind of data we can get from D2L, what kind of actions we can take in D2L based on what we would like to do, um, and then um, just continue to refine um, precision in, in what we can see in that data. Um, so it's been a really important, and I think, you know, we may get to talk about our model, uh, but our model is uh, an interesting one. And it certainly, um, we, it certainly creates needs for us to suit the learning management system to our needs. Um, and I, I would just say that if you had not been um, growing in your own data strategy, um, we would have faced challenges. But since we both have, have really come to an understanding of in a cloud SaaS world, um, APIs uh, become such a part of what an organization needs to do. And that's exactly where you're going. Um, to allow us to use your platform, but also use other platforms and all, use it all together. That's, that's really where we need to be. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So one of the things, uh, one of the things that I want to maybe look at very specifically is how, how you're thinking about data as it impacts uh, everything that we do, like students, faculty, staff, actions, what are some of those really specific use cases where data is being brought to bear on what students are doing, what instructors are doing, and, and even what your support teams are doing? As a, it's a great question. Uh, we could spend the next, well, we could spend a really long time having discussions about this. So I'll try to be brief and just say that um, we really try to think about several different, um, the way I think about data, uh, particularly in the context of the, uh, the LMS, so we'll, we'll constrain it to that. Um, the way I think about data is there's actually lots of different slices and dimensions and axes of data. So you can look at it at the individual um, student sense, like how is the student doing? Are they doing, are they doing well? Are they not doing well? What do we do about that? And then you can look at um, how is that student doing from one course to the next? And are there, is there trends in that? Mm -hmm. um, then you can look at um, are certain students doing certain things that lead to better success or certain students doing other things, right? And are there indicators or warnings or flags? So there's a whole bunch of information. And then frankly, where I, where I'm excited detail going, is going into is even getting more precise about that student behavior. So not just are they in the course, but actually what pieces of content are they spending time on? How are they engaged in discussion boards? All those different things. Then you have also the axes of curriculum. So where are courses working? Where are courses not working? And that ties in with, we have ILOs, PLOs, we do all sorts of work there, both in a student persistence model and also just a course quality and student's performance model. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, I, we really um, ex, uh, expect, I'm gonna say that strong of a verb, we expect a certain level of engagement from our faculty. And we're of a size where you need to have systems, not that say that person A is doing great, you don't have to worry about it, and person Z is in trouble, but hey, person Z, you might wanna take a look at. Something may be going on there. And using data to understand where we have opportunities to um, highlight somebody who's doing really well or work with somebody to see if there's, there's assistance or guidance that they may need. Those are both um, great actions for us to take. And really, that's kind of what we're focusing on is really how, does, how do we use the data not only to help the students self-succeed, not only to help, help the faculty engage with students where they need to, but also how we as an institution, what we need to focus on improve, in continuous improvement process. I think I 100% I agree with you when you're looking at data about how the student is doing, when you're looking at that student experience model where the student data is kind of cross-sectioning, if you will, intersecting with the curriculum, I start to think about student experience models in that. And North Central has a very flexible pedagogical model. And uh, also when I think about data, I think about that in terms of the ability to scale out uh, and, and achieve uh, a level of impact that maybe people were institutions were not able to achieve prior to moving toward uh, a newer LMS like Brightspace. So uh, can, you, can you just give us a little hint here about how do you balance that very personalized, very customized learning experience, student experience with the kind of scale that North Central has achieved in the last few years? 
That's a it's a it's a it's a great question and one that I unfortunately will never I think have the perfect answer to, um, but I can say um, so. Our model basically allows us to enroll students in courses on a weekly basis, and what's kind of interesting about that is is in a sense we manage. Um, our learning management system very differently than most places. Most places have sort of a more traditional term structure. And what we've found is that there are some challenges with that. One is, you know, you can create um, gaps or barriers for students' progression. Um, and in an online context, that's a problem. Two is you spend a lot of your time, I would say, logistically managing course load. Um, and that eats up a lot of administrative and other attention. So, so our model skips all of that. Um, um, and so our students have that ability to say, I'm ready for my next step. And there are no barriers to them taking the next step. And if they want to accelerate or they want to slow down, they can calibrate accordingly. It works really well for us. Um, where that calls for us, and I try not to say the word challenge, but where it calls for us to work with D2L to continue to be innovative. And things like curricular improvement in that model is, a, is, is something I continue to need to work on. Because what typically happens is at institutions in a more traditional sense, um, they manage curricular improvement or pedagogical improvement on a termed basis. So we've identified five things that we'd like to do differently in terms of course design or in terms of faculty approach or whatever. And now we all know it, so we're gonna push those into the master and then next semester, all that'll get fixed. But we don't have that mechanism. And you know, to Holly, to your point, it, what's exciting about that is we don't have to wait to make improvements until next semester. And we don't, we make improvements all the time. But it also creates an interesting sort of necessary additional muscle and tissue construct to figure out, well, in a world where there's no natural interruption to make a change, how do you decide when to make changes and how big you want those changes to be, considering that we have 1600 master courses now copied through to you know, multiple faculty. So we have that at any one time, 8,000, 9,000 live, live offerings running at any time, and that's, hopefully going to continue to grow. So it's a nice problem to have, but it's definitely something that we've continued to really think about. That would definitely be a challenge because that, that sense of uh, traditional models, term-based models, where you've got time over the summer or over winter break to make those changes before the next term starts, but that additional complexity of well, how do you uplift something that's in flight presence like that old saw of you're building the airplane as it's you know taking off the runway or, or I'm sure I butchered that so someone will correct me somewhere but I, I think that uh, the curricular improvements and, and, and that more strategic piece you know kind of sisters up with how are you thinking about designing really engaging content and keeping students involved and um, coming back for more so what are your thoughts on on with that with that kind of everything is in flight weekly starts all the time? Uh, how are you thinking about and planning for from a strategic perspective, uh, improving the engagement level of your courses? Yeah, it's, and this has actually been Ali, as you know, this has been a, a major part of our discussion as you engage with the deans. Like one of the things that becomes a challenge, and I do not pretend to be 
the largest institution, working for the largest institution out there. But um, we are certainly of a scale where there is a uh, tension, I think, between focusing on things that are predictable and scalable and you understand it and you do it and you feel comfortable about multiplying that 8,000 times. And then the risk that that sort of leads you into of becoming too stagnant, too safe, too comfortable. Um, and so what we do is we, and I continue to try and be better in doing this, but really force innovation, not force, but foster innovation through pilots, through you know, focusing on where are courses that we need to work. Can we push a little harder to be more innovative? Is there a program that's really struggling in this new world? And can we re reset in a sense? So that becomes the program that we all focus on because we're gonna do some experimental things there. And then it gets back to that data conversation, right? So there is the, what we think will improve. And then there's the meat of, did it improve? And if it does, and we can scale it, what is the lesson learned? How do we apply that lesson? And you know, it's another area we, we've really grown with D2L. You know, there's the course aesthetic experience. There's, you know, the new lessons, the, the different versions, the different flavors, there's style sheets, there's all those different things. I mean, as you think about your pedagogy of aesthetic in the LMS, we need to learn from that and, mm -hmm. and, and grow on that as well. And so I, I think that's all part of it. I agree with you. And I loved how you framed that idea of uh, the risk of becoming too comfortable where the, the status quo takes over, you're focused on other things. And I always find it interesting how your master's level people, your PhD level people who are trained to experiment in their field of study, in their field of expertise, uh, sometimes don't carry that over into actively experimenting with their teaching. I know that there's only so much time in the day, but uh, I, I love that idea of fostering innovation through pilots and that old uh, change management mantra, work with the people who want to work with you and then let that filter out across your university, your institution, you know, create some evaluatory and scaling mechanisms as part of those pilots where, you know, this is, this is what we're going to do to help scale this data and this success out across other programs. How do we roll it out and help other people have the same kind of success? And I really, I really like that you're approaching things that way. And I would also say that it takes someone in the driver's seat like yourself, who's innovative, but intentional, instead of just uh, chasing shiny things to make some of those things happen on a very deliberate, balanced level. Uh, so this uh, brings us to our, our last question of the day of our time together. So what kinds of things are you looking forward to uh, about the future of working with D2L as an education partner? Yeah, I think one of the ones that we already touched on is just continuing to have the data discussion. Um, it's core to both of us. Um, API sophistication, like opening up that world and exploring with us where that world can lead to. I think there's just so much tremendous opportunity, um, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and I think you are going to start to see differentiation in both the institution and the vendors um, because that's where the excitement is and those that move quickest and are sophisticated enough to understand what the opportunities are, they're going to win. Um, and I want to win. And I think D2L wants to win too. Uh, so that's definitely one area. I think um, 
artificial intelligence, machine learning, data lakes, data. I mean, data is going to be a big part of, of, of our future. Um, and that's particularly true is sort of, I mean, pre-COVID, these trends were already in place, but COVID has really accelerated investment and attention to educational technology. And with that, you see some of the trends in consumer um, uh, consumer spaces coming into education. That's always how this all works. And if you look at chatbots and AI and machine learning and how important they are to the big money-making industries, um, we are going to see them um, influence um, um, education as well. And I think the other thing that I'm actually, I think probably D2L, and I'm, I mean, there's lots more, but I think I mean, the one other I would call out I think D2L is actually farther along and we need to get farther along because we're hearing this from, certainly we're hearing this now from some students and we're certainly hearing this from the um, employee uh, audience of our students that hopefully are hiring them. Is there is, I, I think we're, yes, there's some talk about this notion of not having degrees anymore. I, we will see where that goes, but certainly micro-credentialing, less uh, your, your um, learning paths, um, different ways of opening up the course experience and the program experience so that it feels sort of more um, uh, digestible mm -hmm. um, from a student perspective and more sort of uh, step ladder to success from a student perspective. I think that's something um, that we really are, are eager to, to take um, into our future planet. I, I'm so inspired by some of those terms you just use. Um, it, we wanna open up that student experience. We want them to have a step ladder to success. I think that um, sometimes we're fo so focused on where do we click that we forget about how we, how we are providing as instructors, as institutions, step ladders to the kinds of success we would like our students to have. And um, I loved how you started that. You want to win. D2L wants to win. We want to win together with you because we don't win until you win. So we want to, we want to win together with you and with all of our clients. And uh, I just want to say thank you for your time today. Thank you for your investment in our ongoing partnership and relationship. Uh, and I just want to say that um, you've really brought some valuable things today to our audience about data, about reasons for selecting the right LMS for you and making sure that your roadmap as an institution is lined up with your vendors. I think that's a very important point to bring today. Ways to use data and, uh, and a bigger vision for the future about how the student learning experience can be informed by and further activated by data. Uh, and we just want to say thanks to Colin Marlaire again, Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs and Chief Technology and Learning Officer there at North Central University. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. We want to thank each of you for watching and listening to our conversation. Just a reminder for those who are watching live, we'll be answering your questions in the chat for the next 10 minutes or so. For those watching on demand or listening to the podcast, you can reach us with your questions at info at d2l.com. A special thank you to our guests today. Our D2L clients, like North Central University, give generously of their time and energy to help us all understand the foundations of their success. 
We hope that this sneak peek helps smooth the path for your own LMS transition, migration, adoption, and for cultivating a relationship with D2L as a true partner in learning. We'll see you next time as we look behind the scenes at Texas A&M Commerce. They're a leader in competency-based education. We'll look in detail at their learning model, talk about their third-party integrations and how the training approach they took during their migration is helping them plan for return to campus in the fall. And now we'll see you in the chat if you're watching live or we'll catch you by email if you're watching or listening later.